Hello and welcome to The Daily Weekly. I'm Jennifer Meir, your host this week, and I'm here with Maya Goldman and Colin Beresford. Thanks for tuning in. Today we'll be hearing from Maya and Colin about the lecturer's employee organization's demands to the university. And uh, Daily Staff reporter Leah Graham will also be here to talk about Leo's bargaining with the administration. Uh, And then later I'll be speaking with Maria Milanowski, the president of Music Matters, uh, to talk about their annual Springfest event. Uh, But first, here's Maya and Colin to talk about Leo. Our daughter, Amelia, was born last August with some complications and surprises, most notably her diagnosis of Down syndrome. I work with great people and feel emotionally supported at the department level. However, no amount of friendly support or kind words can pay the bills. I'm now looking at supporting my youngest child for her whole life. Sorry. I feel conflictingly grateful and embarrassed to say that we had double insurance coverage for her birth. My salary as a full-time lecturer of one, teaching six courses a year, is low enough, about $35,000, that my three children and wife easily qualify for Medicaid. <clears throat> my pay puts us at poverty, the poverty line. Pardon me. As a full-time instructor at this university, I don't want to take handouts from the state, nor should I need to. I urge the regents to advocate for us with the administration's bargaining team to drastically and immediately increase the minimum salary for lecturers. It is a shameful state of affairs when many lecture ones here on campus could instantly earn at least fifteen to twenty-five thousand more dollars for any full-time instructor position at area community colleges or even in the local public school system. Lecturers, employee organization members, got up to talk to the regents about their experiences as lecturers at the University of Michigan. This week, the university administration finally responded to a proposal from the from the Leo, which was written in October requesting salary increases for union members. So, Colin, what is a lecturer? So, according to the LEO website, it reads, many of them are part-timers teaching one or two classes each semester, but many are also full-timers teaching three or more classes. Regardless, they work on fixed-term appointments, which can range in duration from four months to five years, so anywhere between one semester to ten semesters. Um, And none of them are eligible for traditional academic protection called tenure. So something important to note about lectures is that there are four different types. So lecturers one and two primarily teach, while lecturers three and four perform additional administrative duties. Lecturers one tend to be the most vulnerable in terms of job security because they have one semester or one year contracts and are paid per class. Lecturers two, three, or four typically have multi-year contracts, and lecturers three and four are usually paid higher than the minimum wage. And what exactly are they fighting for here? So Leo's principal demands include better pay, more benefits, and improved job security. So at the moment, according to Leo, the minimum salary in Ann Arbor for a full-time lecturer is $34,500, $28,300 in Dearborn, and $27,300 in Flint. And that's pretty insane considering the National Education Association shows that the average salary for a Michigan public school teacher in 2012 was $61,560. So, exactly. And not only that, but there isn't a ton of job security. So, here's a quick soundbite from the Regents meeting uh, of a lecturer speaking to the job insecurity that he has faced. Before returning to teach here in 2015, I was a Stegner Fellow at Stanford University in one of the most selective writing fellowships in the country. And I'm on layoff this winter for the second time here at U of M. 
2017 was the first year I was employed for two terms in a calendar year. I also taught at UM over the summer, and for these seven courses, still netted under $30,000. So, Maya, can you tell us a little bit about the timeline of the bargaining? When did this start, and where is it going? Yeah, so Leo originally uh, sent out a proposal in October of 2017 um, requesting higher wages from the university, and they have a current contract that'll end on April 20th, um, but they want to negotiate higher pay for this next contract. And on Monday night, the university finally responded to that proposal, saying that they would increase the starting salary in 2019 by $1,000, And then in 2020, another $750 increase and $500 increase in 2021. And that's only for lectures in Ann Arbor. There was no increase for lectures at Flint or Dearborn. And Leo responded to that that night saying that they were stunned, insulted, outraged. And um, basically, you know, this has is not at all what they were looking for from the university, but it's still early in the bargaining process. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what comes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's definitely important to note as well that the LSA student government passed a resolution earlier this week in support of Leo's negotiations for a new contract. Okay, so now I'm here with our daily staff reporter, Leah Graham, who's been covering the Leo bargaining this week. So, Leah, why do you think the university has been so unwilling to raise lecturer salaries? So, from what the president of Leo, Ian Robinson's, told me in the beginning, 2003-2004, when Leo was negotiating their first contract with the university, the university was, they didn't ask for a lot of concessions, they didn't ask to dock pay, they didn't ask to reduce benefits, they were more kind of neutral, whereas Leo was the one who was kind of pushing changes. So uh, Ian Robinson calls that first contract, he says it's a a quantum leap in terms of job security, pay, benefits. Like, Leo loves this contract at the time, but that was 14 years ago. And so he says in that um, indeterminate decade and a half, things have kind of slid backwards. The university has pushed back against some of Leo's demands in subsequent bargaining rounds, and pay hasn't outpaced inflation the way that it should, leading to stagnating wages, and now Leo is where it is. Yeah, and you said the last uh, the last proposal that they had was a quantum leap, but do you, when you talk to Leo members now, do you hear them being optimistic about the future of this at all? Before they got the salary proposal back from the university on Monday, Leo's um, Robinson and other members of Leo said that they were cautiously optimistic that they'd meet their deadline and that they would meet it with at least some of their core like bargaining platform. But since they got the proposal back, they've slid into not a kind of cynicism, but almost like incredulous that the university has this $377 million surplus, but they're just distinctly unwilling to budge when it comes to raising the minimum salary for entry-level lecturers. So they have until April to like make the decision and come to some sort of terms. What if they don't come to terms? What happens then? Then the contract expires, and all the people who are currently under the umbrella of Leo's protection, they kind of have to fend for themselves. 
Or what could happen is once that contract expires, that contract has a no strike clause. So they could strike. And what implications would that have for the university? Well, in Ann Arbor specifically, lecturers in Leo account for a third of undergraduate credit hours. So if they strike, that would mean a third of undergrad classes don't have instructors. Wow, that would that would be a big problem. <laughs> um, and they had a press conference right before the Regents meeting on Thursday to publicly respond to the proposal that the administration offered them on Monday. Can you describe the scene for me there? So a lot of allies, allies are students, supporters, friends of Leo. Um, there were also a lot of members of the graduate employee organization, which is kind of the graduate student parallel of Leo, which is the lecturers employee organization. Mm-hmm. So probably upwards of about 75 people in the union wearing shirts that say Leo with the lion on the front, buttons, posters, all just kind of mulling around waiting for the regions meeting to start. And then when it does, the regions meeting quickly fills up and all of the fanfare for Leo kind of spills into an overflow room. And then when the speakers for Leo intermittently get up during public comments, they're cheering and they're yelling and they're clapping for these people who are speaking out on their behalf. And did the regents respond at all during the, the regents meeting or the press conference? Um, No, the press conference was held outside about a half an hour before the meeting started. So no officials from the university were there in any official capacity. And during the regents meeting, none of no members of the board had any comments either. Wow. So just silence, radio silence. Uh, Yeah, there was radio silence until um, I think it was the president of IFC gave comments, and then they had a couple questions, but other than that, radio silence. (laughs) Yeah, really interesting that they only had comments when the president of IFC shared what was going on there. They didn't have anything for the people that spoke about Richard Spencer coming to campus or the people from Leo as well. Yeah, and it's not just... Uh, Leo and regents that care about this. You also covered LSA student government last Wednesday night where a resolution in support of Leo's effort was passed. And in your reporting for Monday's article, you talked to a CSG representative who helped get a similar resolution passed in CSG. So what's the reasoning behind these resolutions? Were they you know, difficult to pass? Do you think they'll make a difference? Um, there was fairly broad support in both central student government and LSA student government for both of them. In CSG, the resolution in support of Leo passed unanimously. In LSA student government, there were 23 votes in favor and only three against. I mean, people, or at least students in these official capacities, they have not necessarily empathy, but sympathy for the lecturers. They work with them on a daily basis. They take classes with them. So they want to vouch for them. But in terms of what it can do beyond just another voice crying out in support. It's not much. They don't have an official capacity the way that the regents do to actually change the platform or concede to Leo's demands. Mm -hmm. So lastly, Leo, why should other students care about this? Obviously, lectures are one third of the faculty at the university, but why should students care? I mean, if your instructor Um, If they're working another job or even a third job on top of teaching you, I mean, that calls into question whether or not you're getting the best possible 
educational experience at the university. I mean, if you go in for office hours and your instructor just spent a couple hours driving Uber to make ends meet, I mean, I don't think you're going to get the best possible advice when you try to get your essay edited or ask for feedback on a thesis. I mean, it it's not necessarily brain drain, but it's just you only have so much energy, and if you're dividing it between two or three other jobs, I mean, you're not bringing all that energy to the classroom. Thanks so much, Leah. It'll be really interesting to cover this in the next couple weeks and see where we get. Yeah, we really appreciate you coming on this week. Not a problem. And now a message from our sponsor. Try the world's best flavors with none of the jet lag. Noodles and Company brings you cooked-to-order pastas, noodles, and salads without any of that pesky traveling. No TSA, no luggage, just favorites like barbecue pork mac with slow-braised pork, crispy jalapenos and tangy barbecue sauce, or truffle mac with black truffles, mushrooms, and toasted breadcrumbs. Or travel the map to the Mediterranean for pesto cavatappi with creamy basil pesto, fresh tomato, and mushrooms. The excursion continues with our penne rosas, highly craveable spicy tomato cream sauce. Will one visit to your nearest Noodles & Company make you a world traveler? That really depends on how many dishes you order. Visit noodles.com to order online or find a location. Thanks, Maya and Colin. Last week, Music Matters, a U of M nonprofit student org, announced that Lewis the Child would headline the group's annual Springfest concert in Hill Auditorium on April 4th. The proceeds from the show will go to fund one of the organization's service initiatives called the Community Partnership. I'm with Maria Milanowski, Music Matters vice president, uh, here to tell us more about the show and the Community Partnership. So, uh, Maria, for those who don't know, could you tell us a little bit about Music Matters? Music Matters is a nonprofit student organization that strives to unite campus and also generate social good through the power of music. That's awesome. And so uh, Spring Fest, we know, is one of your really big uh, events that you host uh, each year. Could you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so Spring Fest is actually a twofold event. There is a day and a night portion. So during the day, we bring student organizations, um, local food trucks, performers, different startups, and other local pop-up shops, and basically try to showcase not only the best of the University of Michigan, but also the greater Ann Arbor community. Then that evening, we have a benefit concert where all of the proceeds go towards um, a philanthropic project that we seed fund and really build ourselves. Yeah, and um, uh, we know you've had some pretty outstanding, uh, you know, central performances in the past. So how did you guys decide on Lewis the Child uh, to be this year's headliner? Is there like a process for doing that? And, and who mm-hmm. else have you had in the past as well? So I'll start with in the past. In the past, we brought J. Cole, Ben Folds, Common, Migos, 2 Chains, Lil Yachty, and Designer. And as you can kind of see from that list, it's been very heavy in the hip hop genre. And so one thing we really wanted to do from the get go this year was really try and deviate and touch another genre so that we can appeal to maybe a different group on campus that wasn't interested in our previous artists as we really targeted the same type of artist every single year. So we were really excited about the possibility of doing an EDM concert. Um, Lewis the Child made a lot of sense to us because they're really big here on campus. In addition, they're really blowing up right now. They have a 
pretty high billing at Coachella. And so we overall, it just was the best choice. And we're really, really excited about it. Yeah, and uh, Music Matters, I know, just gets a ton of publicity, or at least the Spring Fest does. You see, you can see posters and uh, flyers all around the Diag um, to, uh, you know, kind of kind of learn about it. I don't think there's a student here who doesn't know that Lewis the Child is coming or w- or won't know eventually. Um, so the music in Music Matters stands for the Michigan undergraduates serving in the community. Um, what does this mean specifically within your org? So within our organization, one of our, well, our overarching goal is to use the power of music to generate um, positivity for social good. One area that we particularly have focused on as we've developed our projects over time is that we would like to combat youth education and issues with youth empowerment as well. So our first major project is the Big Thinker Scholarship, which was the first student for student scholarship at the University of Michigan. Um, With this, we hope to combat the issue of affordability and help um, typically one or two students each year with a scholarship that can help give them the opportunity to receive an education here. Um, Our second major project is our summer camp called MOVE, which is Michigan Overnight Experience. Um, It launched last August, and the purpose of this camp is to show youth in underprivileged um, Detroit areas that a college education is attainable for them. And through this program, they participated in financial aid workshops, goal-setting exercises, and we really hope it helped them see that obtaining a college education is something that is attainable for them and that they will instill an effort throughout their high school career to um, ensure that college will be an option for them. And then our final project is the community partnership, which we just launched this past year. Um, so the community partnership is our student grant, our student grant for um, student organizations on campus with a timely and urgent mission. And then our final project is the community partnership, which we just launched this last fall. The community partnership is a grant for student organizations with an urgent and timely mission that would partner with Music Matters to complete a specific project designated um, throughout the application process. Um, This year, we partnered with Books for a Benefit, and we were extremely excited about that partnership as they truly align with our mission of, or I guess align with our other projects where we've typically geared towards youth education and empowerment. Um, With them, we just built a library in Flint. um, And it was an incredible experience to work with them and really see that project come to life. And we're extremely excited to continue working with them and highlight all the good that they do um, at Springfest this year. Definitely. Yeah. And so, um, you know, as, as we mentioned, there's always lots of flyers around campus and everyone will certainly be aware. But how can you buy tickets in order to support the cause? You can buy tickets by going to the Michigan Union Ticket Office or online at www.musicmatters.com slash tickets. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming in today. We really appreciate it. And it should be a great, uh, a great show and event. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Daily Weekly. This podcast was produced by Ryan Cox and Avery Friedman.